Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody-Mills. And we're dipping in the Kool-Aid because we know the flavor. Indeed. Night two of the Democratic debate. It was Attack Joe night, and it seems like everyone had a turn. It was like that scene in Airplane when the girl, (laughs) everyone's lining up to get in their shot. I mean, like, not just Kamala, not just Booker, but also de Blasio from the edge of the Mm -hmm. stage and other. You know, I was listening to... Uncle Joe, and I was trying to get at what is it that we are liking about him? Why is he the front runner? Why does he have the lion's share of this port? I didn't hear it. I don't hear him saying or putting forth anything that says to me, that's the guy I want to be our standard bearer. And if you want to put Elizabeth Warren there, I understand policy-wise why her. If you want to put Bernie Sanders there, I get it. Kamala, I get it. I don't get it with it Joe. It is the stability factor. It is the mm. stability factor. I say this all the time. Joe Biden is America's security blanket. He <laughs> reminds us of Barack Obama. We are so longing for the days of Barack Obama that we will take the next best thing. In one of my favorite movies, The American President, people are so thirsty that they will drink the sand. To me, mm. Joe Biden is the sand version of Barack Obama. I just want to be close to him. And so that's what Joe Biden <laughs> provides. And I think that because he stood so close to Barack Obama, being his BFF, that that is what Americans are holding on to. But with each debate, he is showing us he ain't have the muster, and he shows us why this is three times at the Mount, and I don't think that he's going to be able to put it over the fence. Joe had a very rough night, um, really didn't understand where he was on criminal justice, was getting beat up left Mm -hmm. and right, didn't have any effective responses. And I don't even want to go to the theatrics of it all, but he did look a little bit lost and a little bit not understanding. Bewildered. Yeah, but like other candidates like Kamala... Um, like Cory Booker, like Castro, had specifics, had concretes. And Joe seems to be a little lost. I don't know exactly what you're for. The criminal justice stuff is super bothering. I mean, Cory really laid it out to him. Like, you were for that until 2015. You called it the Biden crime bill. And now you want to switch up? 
No. 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 And I and I just I think that it's a, a, a one of the things here again. Prep is very important. What did mm-hmm. we all learn? Prior preparation prevents poor performance. <laughs> I will remember that from elementary school until the day that I die. Yes. You know, the Biden team knows that he's going to be hammered on the crime bill because they got preemptive to that in Miami. Right. Why is Joe Biden still looking so unprepared, like it's coming out of left field? And he wanted to take it to Cory Booker about stop and frisk in Newark and about everything. And he goes... Bring it to me. I inherited this. This is this city. We knew this city was corrupt, but you owned this. You don't get to own pieces of legislation. You get to own the whole thing. Right. And Corey had a great line when he talked about you invoke Obama more than a little bit, but now you want to run away from Mm -hmm. your position with Obama. I want us to step away from Joe Biden, right? (laughs) Collectively? Yes. Well, Joe Biden is leading the pack because he's getting the lion's share of black voters. Correct. And I don't understand why beyond name recognition that he was standing next to Barack for Mm -hmm. eight years, but that does not make him black. That does not make him the inheritor of Obama's legacy. He cannot do what Obama did rhetorically, personally, intellectually. He's not the same guy. If we move away from him, we could start to get into who's going to actually win this race. Because if we nominate Joe fucking Biden, We're lost. We're I'm losing. going to lose my fucking We're losing. Mind. And I tell you, you know, wh- there was another poll that came out this week that now says that Joe Biden is ahead with millennials. And again, I, I say, who the hell are we polling? Because I don't understand. Honestly, I don't understand it. And here's the thing. I think that Joe Biden should have sat out of this presidential and and retired on a high note. Because what is happening to him right now is that he is kind of embodying, and I hate to say it, the sleepy Joe in comparison mm. to everybody else who looks really sharp, yeah. really prepared, and really about business. Yep, yep. I mean, even Andrew Yang looked really good. Dear God. His no tie wearing himself even he looked good he's got great little ideas he's got a great way of presenting he was like mayor pete last night and he's coming off in the corner mm-hmm. with great he's not gonna go anywhere but he i'm glad he's he had the conversation qualified for the next debate oh i thought he didn't because he, he, he didn't have four he doesn't have four polls apparently he tw- he said that he qualified for the next debate and i was like dear god look he wants to turn america into kuwait and wants to give me a thousand dollars a month i'm about that life we're not an oil country but i will take the money Look, the first hour of the debate was like a black exploitation film <laughs> because a bunch of white men came for Kamala and she had kicks and karate chops on, and I'm Brown. getting you and I'm getting you and nobody can get me down. I was loving her and Joe started it on mm-hmm. healthcare. He kind of had to because he doesn't seem to feel like the winner because he doesn't have the momentum that she has. So he started it. She finished it, right? Jake Tapper gave her a layup in terms of do the busing thing again. It was like, like, let's, let's hear that song again. CNN, we need the ratings. Come on, come on for it. I mean, like she was just beating up whoever came for her. Bennett was coming for her for a minute. She's just beating them up. And she seems very in charge, very specific, very passionate, very detailed, very knowledgeable, very experienced. Very Jamaican. Anyway, I will say, I will say this about Kamala Harris is that she 
knows how to perform. Yes. She is fierce. She is steadfast. She does not waver. Sure, she had a couple. Of, she had a couple of stumbles, but my God, her return is fire. Yeah. And I tell you, the fact of the matter that we started out this debate with talking about her healthcare plan, not healthcare right. in general, right. but the healthcare plan that she dropped a few hours before the debate allowed her to provide the American public with her TED talk about her healthcare plan. <laughs> and everybody else was then measuring themselves against Kamala Harris. Anytime that you are allowing yourself to be measured against somebody else, that other person is winning. I mean, there was this sort of Star Wars mind control thing because mm -hmm. her plan is not Medicare for all. Mm -mm. But she said it was, and nobody was able to define it as not being that. Even Gillibrand, who tried to say, yep. it's actually not, you guys. And like, no, be quiet. She said it is, so there, therefore it is. And she just sort of won that whole moment. I mean, the first hour and a half or so, Kamala was just crushing it. Crushing they, it. they went away from her just to make sure that everyone else had time mm -hmm. to talk because the first half hour was just Joe and Kamala talking, right? Last night we were like, I wish we could get Bernie and Elizabeth just talking. This was right. that for about 90 minutes. It felt like just the two of them going back and it forth. It was a great volley. It was a great volley and the person who interjected the most and I also think that had an extraordinary moment, Cory Booker. Mm -hmm. Cory Booker was in the fight for his life tonight he knew it. His team knew it. He has been... I don't know why he's been sustaining at 1%. Why I don't know so why low? he hasn't spiked. I like Cory Booker a I lot. Too. I think that he's a great orator. I thought that he was a, I thought that he was a good mayor. I think that he's a great senator. Yeah. I don't... I think he has good ideas. I think, I think he, he has, has a good, good personality. Yeah. He, he resorts to hope, right? Mm -hmm. No matter what you ask him, he is reflexively... Hopefully, he has this sort of good energy coming out of him, and he has real progressive ideas. I don't know why he's pulling so low. I don't know why. And I we said this earlier in, in one of our in one of our other podcasts. I said, is it because he's single and he has a girlfriend and he's a black man that's single? Is really? he is he is it because he's a black man and we're trying to get away from Obama? Yet everybody misses Obama. I don't know what it is, and I don't think that his team does either. But what I do know is that he needed to show up and show out tonight, and he did. Whether or not that bumps his numbers, if it was enough, much like Pete Buttigieg last night needed to do something yes. to stop his numbers from being stalled, I don't know if it was enough, but it sure as hell was entertaining. And he said shit on cable news. <laughs> he did, but look, even if Corey doesn't end up winning or taking a big bump up— mm -hmm. He was able to pull Joe back, right? Definitely. And, and, and remind black voters in particular, he's not your guy. You set the house on fire. Mm -hmm. You were the one. You were Mr. Crime Bill. That was devastating for Joe. That is the last thing that Joe wants to talk about. And he has no real retort for that. So Corey's sort of dragging him down. I wonder if the dipping in the Kool-Aid line... <laughs> that was planned i feel like that was just personality i, th just I, like... I, I honestly think it was personality yeah. and i laughed all the way out loud i was like oh my god why did he bring up the kool-aid oh, and it's joe certainly does not know the flavor joe has no idea the flavor and Corey, see you know he had this whole relaxed thing in that moment of like oh really joe you want to mm -hmm. have this conversation mm -hmm. you want to compare crime records about crime oh, okay. records oh let's let's I do didn't, well, my favorite part was when he said I didn't think you would want to do that, but uh, no. since you went there. <laughs> it's your choice. It's your choice. Um, I, You know, I appreciated 
where the Overton window is in terms of black voters and what we need, mm-hmm. as opposed to last night, as opposed to four years ago, as yeah. opposed to eight years ago. What are we talking about? Firing Eric Garner's killer. Yep. Right. Everybody except Bill de Blasio wants to jump and say that should happen. Right. Legalizing marijuana. Right. Mm-hmm. We had at least two, maybe three candidates mention yes. that specifically. Um, you know, no, the, the you can't be this sort of thoughtlessly tough on crime person. You see Joe's career falling apart because of that. Um, that was a big idea in the 80s and the 90s. Mm-hmm, and now mm-hmm. the pendulum has gone complete, at least on this side of the aisle. Yes. The pendulum has gone completely the other way. Republicans are coming around on this because they see the economic value of it. Mm-hmm. Right. But Democrats, of course, are there on a more moral as well as economic position. Voter suppression gets talked about. The death penalty gets talked about. We are way over here toward mm-hmm. what black voters need rather than where we have been in the past. I appreciated Cory Booker bringing up voter suppression because every time that we have conversations about Hillary Clinton's loss in Michigan and Wisconsin, we are not talking about voter suppression. Mm -hmm. We always talk about these areas in which we lose as if it was because Democrats were doing something wrong. No, it's because Republicans have been doing something lawless, Right. right? right? Which is cheating people out of their voice and their vote. I believe that we consistently need to remind the American public of that. It's not a loss if somebody else is cheating. Right. Right. And so that moment for me was really good in terms of also appealing to black voters and the issues that we care about. What about Gillibrand's moment? Talking about, I am a white woman of privilege mm, running for the mm, president of the United States. I can, I can explain white privilege because your son, even though she said M&M's and it was Skittles with Trayvon Martin, and she was talking about the fact that you don't have to worry about your son going to uh, the, the corner store. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about them getting pulled over uh, by the police and what could happen to them and saying that she was the one that can explain that to white women, which everyone wants to chase for their vote when. 53% of white women voted for Trump. I thought that was a very strong moment for her. Yeah, that was very interesting. And I could see her going into these homes and trying to make that argument. Now, there was a bit of a straw man there, right? Because mm-hmm. her imaginary, imaginary suburban white woman who she's explaining this to is just accepting it and not saying what we know those sort of women would say in that situation right. of like, well, my son wasn't doing anything wrong. Exactly. And maybe if Trayvon wasn't doing anything wrong, then he would be alive. Like, well, he actually wasn't doing anything wrong. Like, well, how do you know that? He looks like a thug to me. But like, okay. I mean, those conversations don't go down that easily, no, Senator. they don't. But the responsibility that she is taking, that it is not the responsibility of black people to convince white people about racism. Yes. But it's the responsibility of white people who are conscious enough to recognize that there are different levels of acceptance, uh, different levels of privilege. And to be able to own that, I said, okay. Somebody tweeted me and they said, oh, my God, you know, Gillibrand, she can be part of the woke, the woke white woman envoy. That's what she can lead for the next administration. <laughs> she <laughs> remi- said, okay. She definitely reminded me of Beto last night, who always wants to make everything about race. I remember in one of the debates they asked him about uh, a DUI. I think it was his DUI, right? Oh, and, no. And he made it about uh, criminal justice reform and how uh, justice is applied unequally. And I'm like, wow, like you make everything about. But we see that they understand the value of wokeness, right? Correct. They understand the importance of black and brown voters. 
So I'm happy to see some of that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was good. It was be- it was much better than last night. Kamala definitely had a Tulsi Gabbard problem. <laughs> Tulsi tried it with her once, and Kamala said, no, no, I'm talking to Joe. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. And Tulsi came again, opened up her whole oppo research book, and read the whole thing. You put people in prison mm-hmm. for marijuana. But she's sitting around mm-hmm. laughing about smoking weed. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> you kept people in prison longer than they should have been. You, you cash bail. Kamala had an elegant pivot away from that mm-hmm. and didn't actually answer the question. But this is going to be the big hurdle that at least I see for Kamala in the future, that as she grows, as she continues on in this campaign, at some point she's going to have to uh, reckon with what she's done and the perception or and or misperception of what it is that happened when she was a, uh, attorney general in California. She has done mm-hmm. a lot of pivots that are very reminiscent of Biden's pivots. Mm. I have done this. I stand by my record. Yada, 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 yada. (laughs) The reality is, is that black people have a very different experience with the criminal justice system. Prosecutors are the ones that give our boys, our girls, these maximum minimum sentences that ruin lives, that ruin families. Kamala Harris is going to have to answer for that. Now, Tulsi Gabbard may not be the person that she wants to answer it to because she's like, hold up, wait a minute. Why are you 1% coming over to me when I'm at double digits? Stay in your lane. That's exactly how she looked at her. And that's exactly how I looked at Tulsi, too. I was like, oh, Oh, this is your last night. That's cute. Um, but your criticism is correct. So at some point when someone credible comes at Kamala Harris, she needs to be prepared for that answer. And it needs to be more because right now she has only 4% of the black vote, according yeah. to recent polls. Right. Yeah. So you have Joe Biden that is at polling at 30 something percent. Kamala Harris, a black woman, is at 4%. That is pitiful. We have to ask these voters follow-up questions as to why. Why is she at 4%? Is it because, much like Barack Obama, you didn't think that they could win? And you never thought that America would uh, uh, elect a black man? And so you definitely think a black woman can't do it? Or do you not trust her because of her prosecutorial record? I think they don't know her well enough yet. Mm -hmm. I think they know Joe. He's been on the scene for decades. And they just don't know Kamala yet. I don't think that they that a significant portion of voters who most of them are not sitting there watching MS and CNN all the time and reading right. the blogs. And they are not fully aware of who. And as they get to know her better, they will start to say, oh, and nights like this where she's strong and commanding. I think mm-hmm. she won the debate tonight. Um, this is going to do a lot for her in terms of opening people up. I suspect that the support for Joe, even though it's large, among black people, it is soft in that yeah. it is able to be taken away. Mm-hmm. And as they see more of Joe and see more of Kamala, they will start to move away toward her. We'll see. At times, I thought tonight I was watching a New York One mayoral <laughs> debate <laughs> because Eric Garner, yes, praise the Lord, got praise. tons of mention tonight. Fire Pantaleo from the crowd. De Blasio refuses to answer the question, but everybody else wants to raise their hand and say, yes, I want to fire Pantaleo. I mean, like, to see an issue like that, after so long of these sorts of things happen, it gets swept under the rug, and now you've got to stand up and say, I want justice for this black body. 
just to be in the conversation mm-hmm. as a Democratic nominee. I I love where we are on that issue. I appreciate Julian Castro, mm-hmm. who was the one that brought that out mm-hmm. and brought and, and invoked Eric Gardner. That was one of the most disgusting things that this federal justice department has done as of yet, mm-hmm. which is decide to let this officer off the hook, but also Mayor de Blasio again, where you at? Why is he not answering the question? Because he has no answer for it. Right. You can fire this man yeah. if the fa- if if right you decided to leave it in the hands of the Department of Justice and you know good goddamn well that the Department of Justice is now being led by a Trump sycophant who is also <laughs> also yep. a white supremacist yep. and so the death of a black man what's what's another one right right, right. so you know that they're not going to do their job but you talk about your black son well that could have been your black son mm. so tell me again why you haven't made the decision to put your fucking foot down i don't know who needs to go home everybody else <laughs> <laughs> you have no patience i have no patience i would like to see uh bennett go yeah uh insley go yeah uh de blasio go you know you know you know insley <sighs> You know, climate change is the most important issue. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He may not be the perfect messenger, right. but I, I can see myself or somebody much younger than me looking back from the past and saying, oh, my God, you guys, you had somebody who was yelling and mm-hmm. screaming on the stage. Now is the time. Mm-hmm. We cannot wait. And you said, that's nice. I'm going to choose somebody else. Yeah. I, you know, and, and and I don't know that Jay Inslee should be president right now, but his laser focus on this issue is really special and important. So let him be the head of the EPA. Great. Let him be. Great. Let him be the next climate change czar. Great, great. But I don't yeah. want to see him on the debate stage anymore, <laughs> Torre. Tulsi Gabbard. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that forced David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 
you can't see my face, but yes, she could go. Bye, Bill, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Bill de Blasio's got to stay home. He's you're not participating. Mm-mm. You're not. He helping. should stay home and fix New York City subways. Thanks. Should, you want Andrew Yang still in the debate? I actually do. And a couple of weeks ago, I would have said he can go as well. His laser focus on yeah. helping the helping uh, underserved people build wealth on utilizing America's wealth in the right way to be able to what what would people do with an extra thousand dollars? What businesses could be started by uh, aspiring entrepreneurs? Yeah. I think that that matters. I think it's an important conversation to kind of keep going back to. So I don't mind seeing Andrew come September, come October. I'm kind of looking at it. I mean, he's a one trick pony. Yeah. He's got one really interesting idea and that's it. You know, when you have, like, little kids, right, like toddlers, some kids you put down and they play together, Mm -hmm. and some kids will play next to each other but Mm -hmm. not acknowledging each other. Parallel play. Parallel play, right? That's what Andrew Yang is doing, right? Mm -hmm. They're having a conversation over here that's a back and forth, and he's parallel play. He's like, well, I'm going to talk about my one idea and reference my wife. It's a good idea. It's a good idea, but you have, you know, you, you have one thing. I could listen to him. I could listen to him one or two more times. <laughs> what? But he's, you know, he's going to say the same thing. He's got one song. Yeah, but I want him to force other people to answer to it, right? Like again, my favorite thing about last night, Elizabeth Warren said, "Why are you running for president to tell me what you can't do?" Right. Andrew Love Yang that. is telling us that we can, in fact, do this and how to pay for it. God, tonight was so much more of a fight. A battle royale, just people punching each other. In but the I am waiting. I want Bernie, Warren, Biden, Harris. I want them all on the same stage. Yeah. I haven't had enough with the kids' table. Right. I am ready to. That's why let's clear out and let's bring the heavy hitters all on one stage because I want to now see how they're going to do. I thought that. Kamala might not attack Joe in terms of I'm the leader. I don't want to seem mm-hmm. like this is what I do. No, no, no. She's a prosecutor. She's used to going into a space and verbally dressing somebody mm-hmm. down. And that's what she does. And she's going to beat up Joe. And when she gets near Bernie, she's going to beat up on him, too. And, she, you know, I mean, like, like there's some wonder on Twitter today is, is Elizabeth Warren tough enough? Nobody's ever going to wonder if Kamala is tough enough. She no. is definitely tough They're enough. They're never going to ask the question, can she bring it to Donald Trump right. on a debate stage? Or Putin. Or anyone. She that, is tough enough for the one world. One of the images that I... Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ 
the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. We'll always love from the Obama era is him talking down to Putin, mm. right? That just the physical, the height, uh, the height difference, and mm. him literally dressing him down. Kamala may not be as tall as Barack Obama, but she sure is as ferocious. Yes. And I believe that she could, with her little gray eyes, <laughs> blow a hole right through Putin. And I think it would be brilliant to watch. And so I want to clear the field. This has been great. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Everyone, applaud you for your efforts. <laughs> now go back to your district. And do some work and run for Senate. <laughs> Great. Thank you. And now it's time for the big kids save. But we're going to have to go through at least one more of these monster debates, right? Like we're going to have like at least 10, 12 oh, people at the next one. Yeah, or we're changing the rules come September. So some of them will be weeded out. Some, Some of them will be weeded out, but we will probably still have to endure two nights of drinking. I mean, two <laughs> nights of debates. But we will be here week after week before that. Week after week. All right. Thanks for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody-Mills. 